Welcome to the Seed Time Money Podcast. We are your hosts, Bob and Linda Lodick. This is a hope-filled podcast that'll help you save, earn, give, grow, and actually enjoy your money. We don't hold anything back. We share everything that we've learned on our journey. Everything from being 100% broke to paying off our house by age 31, to finding work with purpose, to giving more than we ever dreamed possible, all while having a blast on this adventure that God has led us on. And if you want to achieve true financial freedom and design a life of eternal impact, this is the show for you. We are so excited to let you know that our brand new book, Simple Money, Rich Life, is finally out. Yes, and if you enjoy the podcast, we think you're gonna love it. And if you like hearing our friendly voices, then you should grab the audio book on Audible. And if you don't, then just grab the paperback, grab the Kindle. <laughs> and if you do grab a copy, we want to hear from you. So send us a message on Instagram or send us an email and let us know what you think. Yeah. And again, the name is Simple Money Rich Life and you can grab your copy anywhere books are sold. Anywhere. Pretty much any place that sells books, they <laughs> should have it. Welcome back, everyone. So I just started talking before I hit record. <laughs> Remember that episode of The Office where Creed started a blog that Ryan told oh, him yeah. was... Uh, it, Ryan said it was a Word document, but he told Creed it was a blog. Yeah. Because he's trying to protect, protect the, the internet from, from Creed's thoughts. Anyway, so it was kind of like that. I was just talking to myself. <laughs> anyway, but here we are. Uh, here we are. Okay. So yeah, today we're talking about an article that you found on Medium, right? Yeah. So it's this millionaire retiree who shares her biggest money regret. And it's not what I would have expected. So that's why I want to talk about it. Yeah. So her story is that she was married three different times. And it says she built most of her wealth after divorce. Okay. And her biggest money regret was not talking about finances before she got married. Yeah, so she was married three times. It makes it sound like each time didn't go very well and that she and her spouse were just not on the same page financially. And I mean, what's interesting is that she seems pretty financially savvy and she actually taught her kids how to manage money when they were young and I think successfully was able to do that. But she found herself was in not the best position because she did not have this conversation. Well, yeah, I mean, and I think if we're honest, it's not even just about the conversation. It's about your partner, too, you know, yeah. which is why the conversation is important. Right. Because at the end of the day, if you have a partner who is just constantly spending out of control, mm-hmm. it's like... Well, and I think reading her story a little bit kind of gave me this perspective that I had never really had before, which is most spenders, their big thing is, I don't want you to tell me what to do. I don't want you to tell me what I can spend my money on. You don't own me. You don't own you... me. Yeah. And I get that. Like, honestly, I, I feel a little bit of that. You, you know? said that to me over the years. Maybe once or <laughs> twice. But the thing is, as the spender in the family, you go out and you spend what whatever you feel like spending, you are telling the other person that they don't get what they want either. You are telling them that they can't have Mm -hmm. what they want. I mean, I I, I had never seen it that way before reading this. So if a saver is saying, I want to save this for our retirement or for a vacation or for whatever, and the spender goes, well, you can't tell me what to do. What you're saying is that you're going to tell them what what to to do. do. Yeah. 
by by just spending all the money. You're not going to save because I'm going to run out and blow it off. Ooh, that I mean that that's kind of convicting. Yeah, so and there's a lot of savers right now who are like, oh yeah, I'm going to send them this episode. <laughs> send it to them gently and be like, hey, I would love to talk about this. All right, so assuming that some of them did send it or they got their okay. spouse with them right now, so what do we say? Don't hate. It's something to think about. If you are a spender and you feel this way or maybe you've done that where you're like, I'm just going to spend whatever I want. Have you thought about your spouse in this situation of, you know, are they still able to have their needs met? I know... There's someone I know who shall remain nameless. <laughs> it's not <laughs> you. But I remember talking to them and they said their emergency fund wasn't big enough. And they told me how much was there. And I was like, that's a lot. Like, that's probably six months fund. of, of oh, yeah. you know, oh, okay. in my mind, I'm like, you've, you've got a pretty significant head start here. And it was a woman and she was concerned that there just wasn't enough. And she was concerned every time her husband spent money, which to me, it's like the saver needs to realize that you have to put a cap on what number you feel is going to be enough. Because if you don't, no number will feel enough. going to be enough. Yeah. So you guys have to come into agreement with this of like, okay, if I can save this much, it will make me feel secure and whatever. And then the spender has to say, okay, if I can spend this much, it will make me (laughs) feel free, you know? Yeah. And I just want to add one thing here. I want to interject with our unique um, take on all of this money stuff. I mean, because you just mentioned this thing about security, because it's like, that's the thing. There is no number where you totally and finally feel secure. And even if you do feel secure, you're not actually secure but mm-hmm. we have security in knowing that god is always our provider yeah. in all situations and and i will say this and i have said this a thousand times and i'll continue to say it because it's so important and so many people constantly forget it mm-hmm. but that is the thing that matters yeah that is the thing that makes you feel secure and let's take it to the flip side the eyes of man are never satisfied yep. there is no amount of money that you can spend that you're gonna be like i think i have it all like it will never happen yeah, it's never, as soon as you buy that you like as soon as i get that as gadget soon as I get that car you're gonna need the next yep. thing in so we just need to a do week. this one home renovation and then i will love our house right and it's like eh, eh. <laughs> so i i mean i think part of this is a lesson in contentment on both sides yep. i think part of it is a compromise on both sides as a spender my job is to say we have enough and it's time to live a little and your job as a saver is to go you're out of control and your your identity is trying to come from the things that you can buy and not from the things that, you know, are not from the Lord, not from Jesus. So that's, what's so great. It's like God made these two perspectives to add value to each other so that you don't get completely out of whack. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, savers, they can just sit there and be so miserly and just hoard their money. I've seen it happen where they just hoard their money and they're just afraid to spend, you know, even a little bit to go out to a fast food restaurant. Yeah. And And they live a miserable life, you know. And we talk about this in the True Financial Freedom class in the book, but this all comes back to the heart. Absolutely. And so saving in and of itself is wise. Like there's biblical precedent. I can point you to scriptures to kind of Mm -hmm. suggest that it's wise to save. But if it's out of a, like you're saying, a miserly, a hoarding, I have to protect myself. I have to make sure because no one else is going to take care of me type thing. And our trust isn't in God, then Mm -hmm. we're drifting. Then we're not going in a good spot. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with just what you said about spending, just this idea of spending to 
fulfill yourself mm-hmm. and to satisfy yourself. It's like, yeah. it's never, it's never going to satisfy. It's never going to satisfy. Coming back to this idea of, I, I wish we could talk to more people who are engaged and who are, you know, or even like college age. I don't know. Maybe there's some of you listening. Give us a shout out well, if you are. So but. one really funny thing, some of the most common feedback we've been getting about our book, which Simple Money, Rich Life, if you don't have a copy yet, is that I've had multiple people say, this is now my go-to book that I'm going to give for every graduation. I'm going to give to every new yes. married couple. Love and like that. in hindsight, I'm like, this is kind of the perfect book for that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really think about that when we were writing it. I, you know, yeah, like it was written. We didn't really write it for ourselves as early 20s. That was kind of like who we wrote it for. But like that group of people, I think it really is a perfect book for. Yeah, um, I completely agree. Because, yeah, I mean, the, this idea of having this conversation before you get married is so strategic and so wise. And yeah. coming into marriage, I think you're so Twitterpated, hopefully, that if you can have that conversation about money before you get married and, and say, okay, well, so you're the spender and I'm the saver and, and go, okay, well, how can I remember when, we, you know, we're in our young 20s getting married and we're like, Oh, like you're just perfect in every way. And I mean, it was so much easier then for us to see each other's strengths. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean, and the other thing. Then when you're already frustrated in your marriage and you're like, man, I'm just going to tell you what to do and then I'm going to tell you off. And, you know, you kind of get in this vicious cycle where you don't know what to do. Yeah. Okay. So the other thing I would add to this is it's a lot harder to get in a fight before you're married. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and like after you're married, when the guards come down. Maybe not for down, some people, but yeah. Yeah, for us. For and us. for a lot of couples that we know, it's mm-hmm. like, there's not too many fights before you're married. And then mm-hmm. you get married, let down your guard and whatever stuff happens. <laughs> and so <laughs> anyway, the point is, is that if you talk about some of these challenging things in that context while you're all googly eyed with each other. Yeah. It's like you're starting those conversations <laughs> off on a good foot. Right. Yeah, I think there's something there. Yeah. I, I was just talking to someone recently who was getting married and I said something about, they were saying, congratulations on our book or whatever. And I was like, yeah, you should, you know, read it or listen to it on the beach, on your honeymoon, whatever. And uh, it wasn't received super well because it was kind of like, I, well, you know, I don't want to talk about finances on my honeymoon, which is totally understandable. But my one argument for that was just that, but you could come home from your honeymoon like Fired just, up I just about being on the same team. Disagree. I and, 100% disagree. You know, it, it, well, because finances can be one of those points of contention for so many people. But I don't, I guess I don't view it like that. I feel like if you guys can get on the same team on your honeymoon, like when you come back and to enter into yes, real life, that, you will be so fired up. And so like, you guys will be pushing so much stuff yeah, forward. That, that's my point. My point is that and especially the way that we do it and the way that we talk about in the book. And again, and this isn't just me saying this, like people are confirming this. Like, I can't tell you how many times people have said, we've never heard anyone talk about money the way that you do. You make it approachable. You make it <laughs> fun. You make it not stress inducing. And so all of this stuff. And on top of that, the inspirational component of dreaming with God yeah. and everything that we're talking about in this book, I think it just, I think this is the perfect thing. On your honeymoon. I, I do it's too. Like, anyway, I don't know why we're getting <laughs> off on this tangent, but yeah. Well, yeah, because I, I don't think that everyone understands like what a freeing and wonderful thing this can be if you get it 
early in your marriage yeah. as opposed to later on. You can still work through stuff later on in your marriage. Yeah. Absolutely. Like we still are working through things that it would have been easy to just, you know, get on the same page. But for whatever reason, they didn't come up until later. Kids bring a lot of stuff up. Kids <laughs> bring a lot of stuff up. But anyway, the point is... If you know someone who's engaged, get them this book. <laughs> yeah. But send you, them this podcast, honestly. Send them the podcast. Yeah. yeah. The other thing that I... Sorry, we're just talking about it. I'm just letting my mind go. So you can press pause if you're getting tired of this. But I... <laughs> Hit the next I've one. also been really fascinated. So many people are saying that's just a great age, that they're buying this book for everyone in their mm -hmm. family in this age. But I'm also getting emails from people who are in their 60s who are like, this is so good. Did I tell you that one financial advisor who's been a financial advisor for 39 years, he said, I learned so much. I took six pages of oh notes. My gosh. Did I tell you that? You did. Like That is crazy. Like, what? That's so fun. And that is really so fun. So he's in his 60s, been 60s. a financial advisor for 39 years. And for he said, almost as long as you've been alive. And he said he <laughs> learned saying? so much and took six pages of notes. <laughs> and I'm like, Anyway, we've so the just point is, gotten really excited about this book on the podcast. Yeah. Which I don't know. We are really excited about the book. I mean, not because we, you know, want well, to pat ourselves on the back. And I think just, at this point, I'm just excited seeing what's happening as people yeah. are reading it and the emails we're getting from them. It's yeah. just really fun. And you can so. listen to it too. So it's I know. It's an audiobook. You, so you can listen to us. You like listening to a podcast, you like listening to audiobooks. And oh, yeah. we read it so you can hear us. We hired two really fantastic voiceover <laughs> artists. They're really They're good. Really they sound good. just like us. So, so anyway. anyway. Okay. Bottom line is, I think that it is a terrific idea what she's saying. Like her advice is to talk about your money stuff. I mean, she says she thinks it should be a prerequisite. And I know uh, a lot of people, a lot of Christians probably are having premarital counseling. And this yeah. was definitely one of the things that they had us talk about in our premarital counseling. But if you don't have that, make sure you're talking about your money before you get married. Yep, exactly. Any way you do it, whatever course you need to do, whatever mediator you need to have, make sure that conversation Yeah, and is I would there. recommend in terms of courses that we have, our book, our True Financial Freedom class is mm -hmm. pulled out of our book. Mm -hmm. And so if you want a lot of that content in a live format, a six-week format, you can do that. That's mm -hmm. a great general money class that... That I we think offer. You will like. Yeah. And then for more practical stuff of just the day to day money management, a real money method course yeah, is perfect for that. Really good. It seems like just a budgeting course, but it's actually way more comprehensive. And well, and simpler. It's, yeah, it's the yes. unbudget, if you will. It's the unbudget. That's what I like to call it. So, I mean, I don't know if unbudget's the word, but you know. The antithesis of traditional budgeting. How about that? Okay. We'll just call it All that. All right. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Mm -hmm. And. Hope see you have a great one. And we'll see, see you next time. Episode. Thanks for joining us on the Seed Time Money Podcast. And remember, money isn't the goal, but it's simply a tool to help you fulfill your purpose and your calling. And we'd love to help you achieve true financial freedom faster with our email newsletter. So if you want exclusive money tips and hope-filled encouragement in your inbox, head over to seedtime.com to get signed up.